Welcome to How's the Market, a podcast from your friends here at Keeping Current Matters, where we host conversations that will help you save time and build confidence so that you can stand out as the expert. Today's conversation is with Chris Benjamin. Chris was a public defender that turned real estate agent. He now works in a family business with the Estate of Grace team. I think I said that right, Estate of Grace team. This team focuses on leveraging video to build their business. Now, I want you to listen for three things. First, how he started in the business as a public defender and moved to an agent. Second, the discipline it takes to be a top agent. And third, the indirect and direct ways that video has impacted his real estate business. So let's hop right in. Chris, let's hop in. I'm excited to have you on today. Oh, I'm excited to be here, Dave. It's great to see you. Well, uh, you know, um, you and I have known each other for uh, a couple years now. I think uh, if uh, folks don't know who you are, I would suggest you follow Chris uh, on social. Uh, he is an agent that you want to follow. And Chris, I'm excited for you to be on the podcast. And I want to, I want to kind of hop right in because I think you know you, you've got a brand out there. People have seen you uh, and seen some videos you've done. And I want to talk a little bit about the market and how you make videos, how those videos translate into business. Uh, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about some mindset things. But I, I got to start here, really. I, I don't know if most people know this. You come from a family that's been in the real estate business. That's right. But you went to school, became an attorney, a public defender, found that's yourself right. into the real estate business. I, I got to hear that story. Yeah, that's uh, that is the short of it, to be honest. So my family has been in real estate since uh, 1989. Mom and dad immigrated from Egypt to Southern California in the uh, mid 80s. They did a lot of odd end jobs until they stumbled into real estate. And uh, you've met my mom, I think, not here yeah. multiple times. Very charismatic, very energetic, and a killer real estate agent. So she got into the business 1989. Uh, was killing it pretty early on and remained on top for years. And what's funny is right after college, before law school, my father suggested to me, why don't you join us in the business instead of going to law school? I promise mm. you make more money. And uh, I kicked the idea around and I told my mom and she lost it completely wow. lost it, like not acceptable. So uh, she wanted me to get the degree. I think just the immigrant background, it's one of those things. They put a big emphasis on education and I understand. I'm really grateful for it. So I did. I went to law school. I graduated. I passed the bar and um, I was a public defender for about three and a half years and I loved it. It was a great experience. I loved being in a courtroom and I really think that is kind of what um, – established or at least gave me the confidence to make video because I enjoy it and I enjoyed performing. And I think there's a lot of parallels. You know, I think the, the performance in a courtroom translates to the performance on camera a little bit, but to answer the question, I don't think yeah. it's hard. I don't think it's easy to find good role models or good mentors mm. to have a parent in the business who's one of the best, like, in our yeah. market, really probably across the country to guide me, um, was important. So, um, I hung up my license. I rented my house. I moved back to LA 2018 and it's been, it's been full speed since. That is awesome. That is awesome. One of the, I think one of the first times that I got acquainted with your mom was a, uh, Instagram video that she tagged me in. Probably. Um, and, <laughs> 
Uh, I'm not uh, as active probably as I should be on Instagram, but um, that is an amazing uh, story and journey from um, from your you know time as a college student to where you are now. Right. How does being a public defender kind of uh, you know marry up with being an agent? You said it it, it helps you a lot of ways in the right. performance of it. I don't know that most people listening right now would say I understand what that means or I've been a public defender. How, how does that how does that kind of work? Right. So I think there are a lot of similarities in most industries where you are responsible for taking care of a client. Whether it's a public defender, an accountant, okay. a plumber, maybe not a plumber so much because there's not as much like communication throughout the transaction. It's just they come over and they're done. But I guess what I'm saying is when you have a client that you're serving – you are really having to provide the same service no matter what the service is. Lawyer, realtor, accountant. You got to take care of them. And you really got to put their their feelings, their motivations before you. So I think the service part was identical. I think serving the client, putting them before you is consistent across the board. I think what is different is the stress. As a public defender, I was carrying people's freedom like on my back. And don't get me wrong, I'm not... uh, I'm not working magic. If you're guilty, you're guilty. I'm just trying to make sure that you don't get hung. However, it's a lot to carry on your heart when people are going away, even if they did deserve it. I think with real estate, we're dealing with people's finances more often. We're dealing with people's home, which is still extremely significant, but I don't think it's the same gravitas as their freedom. So I do kind of like looking back because when I feel stressed out over a transaction, you know, like somebody locked the lock, like, you know, lost a key. Uh, I have some perspective, you know, they lost the key, but, um, you know, their family is still safe at home, so to speak. Right. So, right. uh, that's a, that's a huge point, right? It's, it's putting into perspective what we do. And I, and I, I get the point of that. I appreciate you sharing it. Absolutely. So you're in LA, you're, you're making great videos. And I think if, if most people know Chris Benjamin, they've probably seen a video that <laughs> you've so. done. Uh, amazing stuff. Let's back up from there because I want to get into that in just a minute. So talk about getting in the business five years ago, roughly, right? and what that was like, and, and how has that progressed to where you are today? It's a great question. I feel like so much has changed for me in the business over five years, and even with great mentorship, I wish I would have known some of the things that I knew today because it would have allowed me to get where I want to go a little bit faster. So what I mean by that is, and really how this began, was 2018, and I think that's when you and I connected, green as as can be, Nahid takes me to the Elite Retreat in San Diego. I'm pretty sure Steve was on stage that year. Yeah. Uh, And Tom, preaching video, said, everybody needs to be doing this. Everybody needs to be doing this. I had no database, no referrals. Nobody knows anything about me. I just moved back to L.A. Um, What can I do to get in front of people? So Tom said, make videos. And I said, all right, like I can do that. Uh, And that's exactly what I did with the support of Keeping Current Matters. And it's funny because you guys had no idea who I was. Uh, It was probably me that tagged you in a video because I said to myself, (laughs) I want them to see us. Like I need them to notice us. But yeah, very transparently, it was it was simple. And I tried to make it easy for me to continue to show up consistently. All I did was go on to KCM's website once a week. I would normally go on like a Friday or Saturday. I would normally try to wait when the 10th would roll around. Did the market update still come out the 10th every month? Right on the 10th, the monthly market report. Yeah. 
the 10th, I would be in front of the computer, like ready to get whatever you guys were dropping. But long story, I would show up Friday or Saturday. I would go through KCM's materials. I would find a chart or an article that I understood very well. I held it on a piece of paper. Right. I just put it next to my face. I don't know if you remember these videos. I remember those. I do. I do. Now that you're saying it, I do remember that. And I just used to talk and point at the screen. And that's right. all I did. This is before reels. This was before any of that. And it was just what I felt like I could do consistently. It was cheap. That's awesome. It was basically free. And uh, I did it until I built the muscle. And mm-hmm. if it wasn't for that muscle that I built, there'd be no, I wouldn't be sitting here with you today. Like I a hundred percent point to those things that I did five years ago that have brought me to opportunities today. You just never know who's watching. Right, right. And and I think your point, I do when you said it, I had forgotten about those videos and the ones that you had made because I think even in the last year, I mean, you know, technology and, and platforms and the ability to broadcast ourselves has, you know, grown by leaps and bounds. But I remember those videos and it was such an example of taking something that's uh, you you want to do and just doing it, right? Not waiting for the right time or the right thing or whatever. You just did it. So you've, you've obviously graduated that. You're making a lot of different kinds of videos. What have you seen? What have you learned, number one? But what do you see as far as the impact that's had on your business? The impact that video has had on my business has been tremendous. Some of okay. it measurable, some of it not measurable at all. And what Talk I mean about by both of those, the measurable part and the, the not measurable piece. Absolutely. So the measurable component is the piece that I can figure out how many conversations are beginning on a social media platform based on a video that I've posted or based on something that I've posted. When I look through our analytics for 2021 and 2022, we were at slightly over 40% of all of our business starting, but I have to put an asterisk by this, starting on social media, that doesn't mean that 40% of my business came from a stranger. I understand. Yeah. Came from my sphere, but the conversation wasn't from a call. It was from a DM. Yeah. Let me ask you a question about that. People that are listening, because that's an interesting distinction. 40% of your business comes from an interaction that starts on social if you're not on social, what percentage of that business do you capture versus lose? It's a great question, and I wish I knew a better way to answer it. But since I've been in the business in 2018, I've been posting consistently. So yeah. before my – like Nahid was doing business, and she was probably doing about 70 to 80 transactions a year. Most okay. of that was past client referrals, but it was based on her actively outbound selling, calling to follow up with people, checking in on people, doing pop buys, doing events. We're right. still doing all of those things. What I am finding what, – what we are capturing that I don't think we were capturing before – or we are capturing it more quickly, is the friend of a friend who is coming directly to us as opposed from the person who I helped giving me their phone number. Because 10 years ago, Dave has a friend who wants to buy a house. Dave gives me the friend's phone number or Dave gives the friend the phone number and they call me. Today, the friend sees me post a picture of you and I on Instagram with a big smile on your face that says I got a house. You haven't talked to this guy since high school, and now he's in my inbox saying, how do I be like Dave? That's awesome. 
that's that has really been the power good. of where the conversations have began. That's awesome. I appreciate you you breaking that down the way you, that you did. What are some of the ways? So, so that's a direct connection example. Right. What are some of the indirect benefits or some of the ones that you go, hey, this has done this for me, which indirectly or, or, or in a way that you can't measure has helped my business? Significantly. Social media and video content has helped my business indirectly tremendously. Number one, the relationships and the connections. I can point very specifically to multiple transactions, multiple families that I got into a house because the listing agent knew who I was from a video because we're in the same market. Hmm. When I'm scheduling a house to show and I give them my name or I text them, I had a guy call me and was just like, are you really showing my house or are you making a video? Can I be in it with you? Accepted my offer. That's awesome. So those things, I guess I can kind of measure it, but I think it is an an immeasurable component is that it's building credibility in my ecosystem in in amongst my peers that is helping me help families. The other thing um, is my brand. It's really helped catapult my brand. As a result of making content, as a result of using your resource, KCM has given me a platform. If I wasn't using your stuff, I don't think I'd be sitting here with you today because I believe in what you guys are doing. I think that's an indirect consequence of making content, right? Like I'm never going to sell you a house, Dave, but you have helped me connect with more people. And I think video content for that. I was yeah. on the I was on the stage of the Tom Ferry Summit, and I don't think he put me on the stage because I was making content. But I climbed Mount Everest and I posted about it the whole time. Tom knew about it because I shared it on the internet. I think that's social media. That is awesome. How, how do you? Because I want to get in. You just mentioned that you kind of slightly put that <laughs> in there that you climb Mount Everest. Not like that's like a big deal, you know. So two things: how do you show up? and make videos and and build that brand on the days that you don't want to. 100%. And did you learn that climbing Mount Everest? Because i got to think that that doing that is a huge task. Uh, And tell us about that because I want to hear more about it. Absolutely. So to answer the first question as far as just showing up to do it, the hardest part, in my opinion, about where I am today making content and trying to help other agents is that they don't feel like they can relate to me anymore mm. because now I have a fancy microphone in my face. Yeah, right. Now I have Joaquin and Emilio in the corner helping me with production. I got a camera sitting here that's not an iPhone. It's unfortunate that people will look at those things and say, I can't do that because of X. When in reality, all of this stuff came a year and a half after I got started. It was only after I committed to doing this that I was ready to invest money into it to make it happen consistently. So my biggest thing for the people that just want to get started is do not overcomplicate it because nobody cares about us as much as you think they care about us. I prepared for this podcast and I thought about some of these talking points and I don't want to stumble and I want to sound eloquent. And the reality is people will listen to me talk to you while they're on the toilet, while they're taking their kid to the bathroom, you know, we are not as big of a deal as we want to believe we are in people's lives. And what I, what I want that to be is encouraging. Show up. Don't worry about what they think because they're not watching that closely. And if they don't like you, they didn't like you before you posted the video. Right. The ones that like you will like you even more now that you're giving them more. 
So we create these obstacles, and I, I just feel it's the same person, Dave. And I, I don't want to be critical of anybody, but the person yeah. who's unable to pick up the phone and prospect is the person who's unable to just look past like their shiny, sweaty forehead and click record. Right, right. And what I hear you saying is focus on the message and who you're talking to more than you do yourself. I mean, that's what we all do, right? Exactly. Um, we we look at what we do. We look at how we look, how we said something, how we do something, and and base whatever we're doing upon that. Maybe not hitting the mark or hitting the mark. It's such such a good point. It's it's a. Uh, I mean, Gary V is not the best looking guy in the world, and he's got quite the audience. It's <laughs> a good point. It's a good point. The best agents know what's happening nationally and also know what's going on in their local market. At Keeping Current Matters, we help real estate agents become experts. And now, we've added something that will change the way you communicate. KCM Local. With KCM Local, you'll now have access to local data, national insights, and powerful visuals all in one place. To be the local expert, visit KeepingCurrentMatters.com. Tell me for you... What were, you know, sort of 2021, early 2022 like for you and your business? And what is that like now? What, 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 give me that journey. It's a, man, I think that the journey for most real estate agents from 2020 to now has been radical, yeah. even for the heavy hitters that have been dominating for years, because it was a long clip of time that the market was very forgiving to agents for not being very good agents. It wasn't like six months, right? It was, I mean, from 2018, like I remember at Elite Retreat, Tom was on stage and was like, the sky just fell. We're at four and a half percent. Right. Do you remember that? I think yeah. Steve was up there and it was like, yeah, we're yeah. at four and a half percent or five percent. And everyone's like, oh my gosh. And then uh, it kind of stayed there. It went down. But we were in this glory period where everybody was was making hay because the sun was shining. The problem was they were making hay with really weak tools. They were making hay that was like just falling off. I don't even know how people make hay. It was just like made for us already (laughs) because we weren't doing the actions that I think we have to be doing in order to build this business in the big picture. So I give you some tangible examples. Okay. During COVID, we did not have to spend a lot of time showing people a gazillion houses. Or actually, let me say this. During COVID, we did not have to spend the time that we needed to coaching a client through the process because if they were not ready to transact, we were off to the next one because the market was moving so fast that if you weren't ready, there were seven people behind you that were prepared to make an offer on that house. So I love you, but like there's an urgency going on right now, right or wrong. That was just sort of the market that we were in. Today, when I'm on a buyer consultation, I am prepared for this relationship to really percolate and develop into a transaction 12 months down the road, 18 months down the road. People want to know what's going on in the market today. Am I better off waiting six months? Am I better off waiting a year? It's not like I'm getting some smoking deal or something. So it's like, why am I really doing this? And that has 
drastically shifted the way that we're communicating and the way that we meet with individuals because there was a hastiness to the market before. Yeah. Good or bad, there was a hastiness and there was back-to-back appointments, back-to-back showings, and time was of the essence. Now time is not of the essence so much, so I think there's a lot more hand-holding and there's a lot more emphasis on the client's experience through the process because it's taking significantly longer. What are you just mentioned a key point there? The experience, right? All of that has to do with the experience. The market Correct. is moving fast. You got to get in. You, you got to transact. You got to move on. Not the market of today. What are things that you and the team are doing today as an example of that that you weren't doing twenty four months ago? Absolutely. So one thing that we are doing today that we were not doing as consistently two months ago, or I'm sorry, two years ago, was the buyer consultation the way that we have it structured today. So I don't mean to get lost in the weeds of fancy PowerPoint presentations. I just mean role-playing, dialoguing, practicing how I'm going to articulate to the consumer on the first Zoom consult what this is going to look like from qualification to closing. Yep. Now, during COVID, don't get me wrong, we weren't throwing people to the streets, to the wolves to figure this stuff out on their own, but that information, I think, was fragmented. I'm giving it to you here in front of the house because the agent said that if I didn't see it in the next hour, right. we weren't getting it. You know what I'm saying? So right. I think right. that sort of like um, presentation of information has been uh, has been slowed down, which is really good. Which is yeah. which is which is I'm I'm very grateful for it. Um, another thing that I'm doing today, I was doing it in the past, but I am emphasizing it more. And there's a balance: is people take time to percolate, people take mm. time to transact. I am okay with meeting with somebody who has bad credit because I know that they're going to buy in a year and a half. So don't kick the person to the curb who has a 500. Figure out how to get the 500 to a 620. And it might not give you a check today, but this person is paying me in 18 months. I think it's important for agents not to lose sight of the pipeline and what you're really trying to build for the big picture. Right. It's a a great point of just planting seeds for the future where, to your point, making hay or harvesting all the seeds at one time and... 2020 and 2021 with with you chris your business your brand what do you say to an agent right now that says i want to stand out in this market you know through through a different consult through a unique video through building my brand what do you you say to somebody even somebody that's like i don't know if i can in this market right right do you that's a great question do you want to know how you stand out in this market Yeah. You show up consistently. Yeah. You show up consistently. You don't buy a fancy camera. You don't buy like a fancy mojo dialer system to call three people at once. You don't subscribe to a million resources. You do a handful of small daily actions with disgusting consistency, with religious type commitment and you will stand out 
head and shoulders above everybody because I promise you that lead that you called that you said you were going to follow up with. So did three other agents that just cold called them. And I bet you nobody dropped off the package at their house the way they said they would. Right. Nobody. So you want to stand out? You want to make videos? Don't blow your marketing budget on one video. Don't spend one day on one great idea. Spend a day making 30 videos so that you can show up every single day consistently. Because what I've discovered in this game, in life, is that people will give it their all for a week, maybe. Right. Right. Two weeks for the resilient. Three weeks for like the ones that are hungry. Maybe a month. Six months. How many people are doing things for over a year? Yeah. The same action. The same action. I know agents are in the business for 30 years, but like how many people do you know have sent postcards for one house? It didn't give them a lead, so they stopped. Yeah. I think that point you just mentioned, a postcard, here's what came up in my head. How much time did you spend even on that postcard? You know, because, because you know, talk to agents across the country that are are KCM members, maybe that are not KCM members, and and focusing more on that, what maybe in that case what it looks like, or you, you mentioned all day on a video or whatever it is, versus the discipline of getting it out. People are missing the mark. They, they, you know, it's a, it's because it's easy to believe that people care more about what color blue lights you placed behind you than the content that you're delivering. We can right. only make so many good decisions in a day. Mark Zuckerberg, Steve Jobs, two of the most brilliant minds ever, wore black T-shirts every single day. And they didn't wear a black t-shirt because they thought it was fashionable. They wore a black t-shirt because they had decided that if I can make one less decision about what I have to dress, I can apply that one decision to something important in my business. Yeah. So I think for agents that are getting lost in what my postcard looks like, what does this framing of the video look like? That kind of work should be reserved for the time of the day where you are least productive. Because I don't need you firing off on all cylinders to decide whether you like yellow or orange. Save that for 4.30 p.m. when you're struggling to pick up the phone. But Mm. when you are awake, you are motivated, you are charged up, the caffeine has percolated into your bloodstream and you are just like, I'm gonna rip somebody's head. That's when you pick up the phone. That's when you go knock on somebody's door. That's when you send the text message campaign. That's when you do the parts of the business that are going to really move the needle forward because in five years of posting videos, I've never had one person say to me, I love the font you selected. (laughs) I love the yellow that you picked. That's a great hue of yellow. Give me a break. Yeah. It just, yeah, it just... It's hard, Dave. It's hard. And I don't think people are willing to accept that good things in life are really freaking hard. And Mm. unfortunately, COVID showed the world that real estate is like a quick and easy way to make money. And the problem is that nobody liked real estate other than the money. If you don't like talking to people, what are you doing in this game? Right. If you're when did you when did you adopt that mindset and realize that was that like day one because you were raised in the business? No, 
No, I think that was probably as I started building the team and I was having to sort of act, comport myself with what I was saying and some of these like actions, I'm... I'm trying to keep myself accountable. And one great way to keep yourself accountable is by doing the thing that other people are doing, right? So as a group, we are prospecting together. As a group, we are sort of getting rejected together. We are winning together. So I think it's important. Like I want to feel that struggle. I also enjoy parts of this business, not all of it equally, but parts of it fill up my cup for other parts. And I don't think you have to love it all the same. So we've been talking a little bit about video. I love making video. It shows. The reason I've been making them so consistently is because I like it. I am motivated to pick up the phone and call expireds even when I don't really feel like doing it because what I'm thinking in my head is how sick is this video concept? I need to find a $2 million listing to do this idea. Like I got a great idea. I need a house to do it. How am I going to Is that kind of your why or your motivator to it? I I wish I was lying. Sometimes it really like yeah. That's awesome. Not all like you know, I gotta I, I wanna help people. I I obviously I wanna provide for my family, but I like this part of the business. So why would yeah. I not allow it to fill up my cup? That's awesome. And you That's take good. what fills up your cup and you allow it to motivate you during the other portions that doesn't mm. fill up your cup. So right. Nahid, we refer to Nahid. Nahid is a killer on the phone. Very good on the phone also loves being on the phone mildly likes being on camera but she knows that when she's on camera the phone rings right right <laughs> it's an incentive to it right you get to it exactly that's awesome it, it who you are that comes out of just i want to say your pores like you, you know the the fact that you love video it comes out of it so i i've, I've got to know this i just want to know this what's been your what was your most favorite video to shoot Oh my gosh. Oh my You've God. done some awesome videos. And listen, I, I, if you're not following Chris on Instagram, you've got to do it. You can go grab his, how to spell his name <laughs> off this podcast, off the title. But Chris Benjamin on Instagram, you've got to follow him and watch his videos. My most, I could, so I think my most favorite types of videos that I've made have been the videos that have gotten me to connect to other creators or people that like I uh, respect or admire or like, so for example, um, this is kind of a wonky one, but it just popped in my head is uh, there was once he, he used to be a graffiti artist, very prolific graffiti artist in Los Angeles. Nobody likes graffiti, of course, but he was a big graffiti artist. He's turned his life around. Now he has like a nonprofit and he helps kids paint. Okay. I was making social media about the city he lives in. He saw the video. It was about the city of Whittier. He said, I love what you did about the city of Whittier. And I said, well, I love what you're doing for the city. Like, would you be down to make a video together? The guy spent half the day, and he's kind of like a local celebrity, riding around a car, talking to me about the community, art, what it's like to live in this neighborhood. If I wasn't making videos, I wouldn't connect with these people. That's awesome. And I just, I love it. I can't tell you how many local restaurants coffee shops, bars, small businesses, accountants, all of these people that I just, it sounds terrible, but like I'm hitting them up because I want to make content. And as a result, I'm getting a great relationship out of it. Yeah. 
That's awesome. That's a great story. <laughs> what about what about a video that you can think of on um, you, you know showcasing a property, one that you're most proud of? And what's in my mind right now? I keep Tell thinking me. of a Laker video. Oh my gosh, you saw that? <laughs> I did. Yeah. Joaquin, my guy is in the background pumping his fist. <laughs> so the Laker video is probably one of the most recent. I'm always trying things, and it was timely. The Lakers were in the playoffs. The house was in the San Fernando Valley. A lot of basketball players live in the valley. I just wanted to play off what was going on with the energy in the city. So I was inspired right. to make a video about like a Lakers player with a big bag of money who wanted to buy this million-dollar property in Los Angeles, and uh, that was a ton of fun. And I just... Like, do you know why that video was so cool? It be inspired me to do more with it. So what I'm doing now with the videos, and uh, I think Jason has talked about this a little bit. Now, after the video is made, when I send my postcard to that community, I put the thumbnail of the video. Oh, right. Right on the postcard. It's way more eye-catching than like just a static image of the house. And then there's a QR code that says scan here to watch the video. It captures their information. It's just like a wonderful way to push the content a little bit further. That's so awesome. uh, that that was one of my favorites. The one that gave me a big opportunity was uh, there was like one where I made a joke about prospecting. Um, it was just like where I called a friend that I hadn't talked to in a long time to wish him a okay. happy birthday. And he's like, I haven't talked to you since seventh grade. And I think Tom and Jason really liked it. But Tom showed that at an event, I want to say three or four years ago. And that was like a quick, that's my point though. You don't know what the result of these things are going to be. Right. You just have to do them and trust the process. I was just talking to another agent who's crushing it, Robert Mack in my market. And yeah, we were talking about, you know, Robert, the irony, Dave, why is it that when you're prospecting, hammering the phones, calling, 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 why is it that during that period of time, somebody will call you to transact? A past client, a family friend, you didn't call them, but you right. were doing the action. That's the thing with the video and making the calls is do the work and trust that the business is going to come, right? Like I'm yeah. cold calling expireds, but the universe has provided me a past client that has just called me. And I just got to believe it's because I'm working, you know, I made this video. It was goofy. A year and a half later, Tom sees it and shows it at an event. Never made the video with the intent for him to show it. Never right. made a KCM video with the intent for you to have me on here. You just do these things. Right. And the universe provides. Man, that's, uh, that's awesome. Here, I want to give you a second to think about this. What do you say to the person listening right now that, says, okay, I'm not doing that. I want to do that. I want to be committed. I want to get out there and make these videos because I think your story is an inspiring story of somebody that was out, you know, in having a, a you, you know, you would have been successful as an attorney, as a public defender, no doubt, right? Family business, you get into the business, you're passionate about elements of it. You grind, my word, maybe, um, you know, to it. make things happen. But what do you say to the person that says, I want to get started, but I don't know what, what to do? For the person that wants to get started and doesn't know what to do, I would encourage them to, so we, we know that they want to be in real estate. Fair? Yeah. That's like the premise? This person yeah, they, wants are, to they are. They yeah. are. They are in real estate. They want to get started and they don't know what to do. Sure. Like a new agent. So I would encourage them to set goals that challenge them, but that don't discourage them 
for being too lofty if they don't hit okay. it. So do not look at me or do not look at another creator who's been making videos consistently for five years and say, I want them to look like that day one. I want them to look like that. I want to sound like that. I want them to be as whatever. Don't do that. Decide how much you want to show up consistently and commit to it religiously. So early on, I said, I committed to one video a week for a year before I felt confident enough to do more than that. Yeah. And the reason I didn't want to do more than that is because I knew once I decided to start, it wasn't going to stop. So yeah. don't make the decision to start until you know it's not going to stop. Yeah. So pick one day a week, two days a week, three days a week that you're going to show up consistently on video and make it non-negotiable. Batch record that content. Take one hour of your day, two hours of your day, record those three videos so they're done and they're ready for the following week. That would be one piece. And I would apply that same small goal to like three components of the business. So when I'm talking to new agents that don't know anything and they don't have any clients, they got nobody to check in with, I think there's really a couple things that they should be doing every day. Number one is prospecting. Set yourself a goal for how many appointments or conversations you want to have and make it a manageable goal. Make it a manageable goal. You're not Tom Ferry on the phone. You're not Phil Jones. You know what I'm saying? Two appointments, one appointment, whatever it is based on your skill level non-negotiable. Every single day, you're going to prospect. Number two, every single day, you're going to learn about the market. Every single day, you should be in the MLS or you should be on Keeping Current Matters or you should be reading The Real Deal or Now Bam or The Blueprint or any of these Inman. I don't care. Read what is happening in the real estate market because the consumer is reading it. You want to be better on the phone? Yeah. No more. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And the third piece is invest in the business. So you prospect, you educate yourself. And the last piece is you have to take yourself out of the sales role and put on your CEO hat. So that means at some point of the day or some point of every week, I'm working on my business plan. I'm working on a marketing campaign. I'm working on how I can hire a new virtual assistant. I'm working on how I can explore getting another video editor. Something Is that CEO. a set time or is that uh, when, how do you do that? So I do that by having it on, like, so I have it on my calendar for Thursday afternoons and it's called CEO time. Gotcha. That's just like that what I put. every week. It's just that time every week. It's like my CEO time. I also have on my calendar like content creation uh, idea time. Yeah. Right? That's separate from my content shooting day, right? So like today we're shooting content. It's been really fun. But my brain is in performance mode today. I'm here recording. Joaquin made a suggestion for a video and I was like, I don't have the bandwidth, man. It's not like, it's not on, it's not on the the sheet of what we're shooting today. (laughs) It's not happening because I'm just not... My, my, like it's just compartments in your brain. It's a different part of the brain that creates versus performs for me. Yeah, I hear that, Chris. I, I am, uh, you know, just blown away with everything you've shared. But but the takeaway of creating a goal that you can accomplish—that's what I heard you say, right? Correct. Put a goal out there. Create a goal that you can accomplish. Not to go out and shoot 500 videos or anything like that, but start with one get out there and make it happen. I am super grateful for you joining uh, the House of Market podcast. We are grateful that you are a KCM member and, uh, and grateful for you sharing your story. 
I'm really grateful to be here, Dave. I really, I appreciate you guys a lot. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning into How's the Market. That conversation with Chris was amazing. I'm always energized when I uh, talk to Chris and love interacting with him. You know, at Keeping Current Matters, we believe that everyone should feel confident when buying and selling a home. And this podcast is one part of our larger vision to change the way real estate professionals educate and serve their clients. So if you're looking for more resources to help you grow in your business, to stand out, visit keepingcurrentmatters.com. And if you haven't already, click the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And if you love our podcast, please share it with someone you feel could benefit from the information we share. That'll help our podcast grow and so many more real estate professionals can win. Here's to your success and I look forward to seeing you next time.